what's going on, everybody? My name is Reagan. My name is Victor. And welcome to Sanctified-ish, conversations with pastors who have not figured it out. So every fall, we do a middle school retreat, and it's a super fun, really exciting, engaging weekend where we invite all our middle schoolers out and we have a blast, right? Yeah, yeah. And each year, you and I are very well aware of this, we get commissioned to run workshops. And we have to pick, you know, different texts and do a creative or engaging activity for the text that we choose. And this year it's Proverbs. Okay. This year it's Proverbs. Yeah. So I think I found the proverb I want to do. Oh, what what do you want to do? (laughs) So it's Proverbs 627. My favorite proverb. Um, Do you know it by heart? (laughs) No. No, Don't worry. I'll read it for you. (laughs) Oh, really? It says... Proverbs 627, here's what it says. Can a man carry fire next to his chest and his clothes not be burned? And I think the best way to illustrate this point is just to give a bunch of middle schoolers torches (laughs) and have them run around the building. (laughs) It had to be creative. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. It has to be engaging. It had to be be creative. creative. Yeah. The next verse is about walking over like charcoal like burning charcoal and i'm just like i think we have the proverb locked and loaded we're good um so do you, <laughs> speaking of middle school retreat um <laughs> do you know that like that tiktok channel where it's like youth group chronicles and they just you like read today. i sent you one don't read it on the air <laughs> I, well, I haven't watched it yet <laughs> don't, don't bring it on the air um that's an off-air conversation but <laughs> Um, basically, it's this, it's this TikTok show that just talks about all these, like, they read these strange oh, youth group stories. Makes me feel stories. really good about my job. And if I ever had a story to go on Youth Group Chronicles, it would be Middle School Retreat two years ago, um, where me <laughs> me and one of our other staff know. members, we were trying to illustrate, I don't, I don't even remember what we were trying to illustrate, yeah. but, like, we had this big obstacle course built out. And the worship center had like some some hula hoops, and we had like all these cans of silly string. And lots we, of silly string. Lots of silly string, dude. Like we blew the budget on silly string. How old string. was this building? This building was new. It was new, man. Like under two years. Yeah. Like brand new. Yeah. Um, like there were things in that auditorium that were more expensive than my life. <laughs> and our, our our plan was to give the leaders silly string uh-huh. to give the responsible adults the silly right, string. Right. Sounds like a good um, plan. These middle schoolers walked in, hopped off candy, 30 minutes of sleep, and they're just like, uh-huh. like running in, going nuts. And they see the silly string on stage. We don't even explain to them what it's yeah, for. Yeah. They just there's like only one natural response. And there's only one natural response. And there's like 90 of them. So they all sprint in and we're like, no, no, no. <laughs> And they grab it and they just start spraying everything, dude. The like, auditorium of a brand new church building. Oh, dude. But like, <laughs> and it, it got over everything. Like the cameras, the stage, all the these haze. other things. I've never wanted to punt a middle schooler <laughs> more in my entire life. But really, it was like my fault in the first place. I'm like, oh, right, student right. pastor. Like I should have known that. Um <laughs> But it's like even <laughs> 30 minutes after they left, I'm on my hands and knees in the auditorium, like scraping silly string <laughs> off the floor because they sprayed it and then stepped on it and then smeared it of everywhere. Course. And then it gets and then it like mats on top of the floor. Oh, and it's yeah. almost impossible to get up. Yeah. Yeah. And Bro. I'm like, that is probably one of my biggest ministry fails. <laughs> and that's why I will never, ever, ever have silly string at any student event I ever yeah. do. Um, that TikTok page is gold. 
there's it's, there it's was, so funny there was one man where this guy was doing a burn your idols night which is a great <laughs> idea right it's where you bring something and you write you write something down on a piece of paper and you burn it yeah and this youth pastor was like my degree is an idol Mm. So he goes into his office, he grabs his MDiv off the wall, and he tosses it into the fire. Now, why they set a fire inside of a building is beyond me. Sounds like a seminary guy. But he tosses his paper, his his degree, into the fire and burns the building down. <laughs> I think So that man lost way more than his degree. I think I also <laughs> saw that one where it was like later on that night, because it was like a lock-in or something, and later on uh-huh. that night he played What's in the Box, and he put his own car keys in the box, <laughs> and the kid chose the box over $200, and so the kid drove away with his car. With his car. <laughs> <laughs> with his car. The youth pastor had to get his keys back, yeah. and this the story's hilarious because this was a first-time guest. Yeah. And the mom calls the church the next day and is like, if I don't get a car, we're suing the church. Mm. So the church had to go out and buy a car for this family. Man, what a night for that youth pastor. Well, and this is where I'm like, we can talk about grace, but I'm like, well, you should have been fired. I'm like, if I was, if I was the senior pastor, opportunity, no, I was like, Jesus gives you grace. I do not. You're fired. Like the door is right there. Um, you you can, you you can go back to seminary, get your degree back. Yeah. You need to steward your mind better. (laughs) That's pretty good. There you go. Even though we're not talking about that tonight. No. What, uh, what, what are we talking about tonight, man? (laughs) Yeah. It, it actually, there was a sermon series that my old church, I mean, 10, 15 years ago did called guardrails. And I remember sitting in the series as an eight week series and the whole gist of the series was going through different things and setting up healthy boundaries to keep you from walking into sin. And the heart of that sermon series was really good, right? Because it was a church trying to disciple its people into not walking into sin. Yeah. But I remember sitting in that sermon series and listening to my pastor, who I deeply love, but he, I remember sitting there and just hearing, okay, so how close can I get to the guardrails without actually sinning? Yeah. There was nothing about, okay, I need to orient myself towards Jesus. Rather, it was, I just need to focus on not doing this sin, this sin, and this sin. And really, I was in probably fourth grade. Fourth grade, Victor left that sermon series really dead set. Yeah. On not cussing, on not going to websites I shouldn't, on not being mean to my parents, on not lying, rather than focusing myself on Jesus. And man, I think that that's not just unique to my church. I think that is something that is running rampant through Christianity. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Guardrails, yeah. boundaries, and they're healthy, they're good, but man, sometimes they're idols that cause us to sin and not glorify God. Yeah, it's... They're wise, but they're not holy. And so it's like, I think even if we had to put a text to this, it's like Leviticus 20, 26. Yeah. We're about to preach from Leviticus. When's the last time you heard somebody preach from Leviticus? <laughs> but it says here, it says, you shall be holy to me for I, the Lord, am holy and have separated you from the peoples that you should be mine. God is saying to his people, be holy because I am holy. Yeah. 
And I think this is the thing that I was taught this a lot. Like that, that proverb that you said about holding fire to your chest, mm-hmm. that's what I was told growing up as a way of not having sex before marriage. Like yes. you, you can't flirt with it. So if you put it to your chest, you're going to be burned. Like fire in a fireplace is great, but you take fire outside of the fireplace and it burns down. So let's put the fire when boundaries and have that safe. So your whole life doesn't burn and crash down. Yeah. And there is wisdom in boundaries. Please hear us in that. Like there's, there's wisdom in setting things up in your life, but just because you have boundaries doesn't mean you're holy. Yeah. And I think you and I were talking about this is that there's a lot of people in the world who do not follow Jesus that are not having premarital sex, do not drink and do not cuss. And there's a lot of people that like have parameters on social media and like 30 minute windows and this, like just because you have a boundary doesn't make you holy. Yep. God's people have a higher calling and God's calling for his people is not to abstinence. It's to holiness. And holiness is a completely different thing where God's people act like him. He says, be holy for I am holy. And a lot yeah. of the times we're trying to staple the fruit of holiness on dead trees. Hmm. That it's like when we don't understand God as holy and we are not living as holy, therefore we don't have the holiness fruits. Um, and so, yeah. man, let's, let's just start with this. Like, what does it mean when it says like the Lord is holy? Holiness is a, is a massive concept, especially when we talk about God's holiness. Yeah. Because God is completely and utterly holy. He set apart is the literal translation of the word holy. It means to be different than or to look different. And yes, that is a external thing. Mm-hmm. But man, it is also an internal thing. We are set apart. We are different both outwardly, but also inwardly. And we read this All throughout the New Testament, I think it's really easy to hear you quote Leviticus and say, well, that was for Moses. It's Leviticus. We we don't need Leviticus. Yeah, we don't (laughs) even need Leviticus. Leviticus. Yeah. But man, uh, first Peter, first Peter taught and Peter's kind of known for being very straightforward, similar to James. Peter don't play around, but Peter quotes Leviticus and he says, hey, uh, but he who is called but he who is called you is holy, so you also be holy in all of your conduct because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. Yeah. And it's like, this is not a suggestion. Yeah. This, this isn't like just a, a cool recommendation to, to live a better life. This is a command. Well, this is a command from God to be set apart, and we as Christians get to walk in obedience to that command. And I think there's a, from I believe, well-meaning pastors and youth leaders and Christians that want to honor God's word. They want to like, the, the easy thing that comes out of our mouth is follow God's commandments, follow his rules, build boundaries, be holy. Yep. But this is a, uh, this is a time and place, a lot for our younger viewers, that like there was this cultural moment called purity culture. Yep. That was like in the mid to late nineties, early two thousands. That was basically like, if you did all of the holy things, that is what made you holy. So yeah. it is kind of an interpretation of Leviticus or first Peter or whatever it is, but it misses the root of it that says like, it's not the things that you do that make you holy. It is God, 
his spirit and his spirit produces the fruit of holiness, which you are to walk in. So like it's, but I think we've kind of ha- come to this circle of like, we all hate purity culture. And I think rightfully so it focuses yeah. on the external, not the internal. But I think in the way we've thrown out purity culture, we've also thrown out holiness with it. And I don't think we should do that. Yeah. That it's like, God has, God wants a pure bride. He wants a pure church. He wants his people to be in holiness and walk in holiness. And I think even that thought of, oh my gosh, I, I can't be holy. Like I can't, it feels yeah. like an impossible standard. And to even what you just said in the beginning, it's like, that's not a, that's not a suggestion. Like, uh, be holy as I am holy is a commandment from the Lord. And yeah. I don't know how to wrestle those two things. Like I don't want to sw- swing into purity culture, but I also can't throw that out the window. Um, and so like, man, like how, what does it actually mean for us to be holy as the Lord is holy? Yeah, it requires a perspective shift because because of purity culture in a lot of ways, but just because of the way that we are oriented, we view holiness as something to be achieved. So holiness is something that if you do enough good things or you don't sin to a certain extent, then you've kind of achieved holiness. And holiness is this thing that you might achieve when you turn 43 and you're like an experienced adult, but you still have a decent bit of your life left. And like holiness is this distant thing that, that for a student or for a college student or a young adult, it's not really something to be grasped. And what we have to understand is that from the moment that we come to know Jesus, like his blood covers us and God sees us as holy. So instead of seeing our blemishes, he sees God, he sees Jesus's perfect sacrifice. And that is a cool, cool and beautiful thing. But then we read Romans 6. And Romans 6 is kind of a punch in the face because what Paul is saying here is he's like, He's just talked about the gospel. He's just talked about the blood of Jesus. He's just talked about how sinful we are. And we hit Romans 6 and Romans 6 is like, hey, should I keep on sinning so that more grace can abound? By no means. So what Paul is saying is that although we have been declared as holy and although God views us as holy, if we are to continue in our sin, I mean, we haven't really been changed by Jesus. Yeah. And so when we are genuinely changed by Jesus, we genuinely pursue, we genuinely chase after the person of Jesus, and that causes us to grow in holiness. And that's that's the whole process of sanctification. And so yeah. we have to have a perspective shift. We have to change our view of holiness from something of we do X, Y, and Z, or we don't do X, Y, and Z in order to be holy and we need to shift it to because Jesus has declared me a son and heir to his like to sit next to him for all of eternity because that is true i get to then look outward and yeah. pursue holiness so it starts internally yeah and it overflows externally i love that you started with justification um which is the fancy word of describing what you just talked about like Jesus's righteousness covering your own. I think of Genesis three when Adam and Eve sinned and they realized that they were naked, which is my favorite verse to make students read because they're just, (laughs) they're like, it's a little awkward. And when they realized they were, I don't want to pronounce that word. Like, 
It's always hilarious. Um, but it's like that whole idea of when they realized they were naked, they realized their sin and their shame. And so what does God do? Like, yes, he pursues them, but then he kills an animal. Yeah. A representation of the cross, what Jesus would do for them. And he takes the skin of that animal and he clothes Adam and Eve with it. Mm. And that right there is like what God does to us in our righteousness and our holiness. We've been made right with God because of what Jesus has done. But if you read any of the Bible, just because Adam and Eve got clothed in that skin does not mean they stopped sinning. Yes. And so it's like, we can be made right with God, justified with God, and not be walking in holiness. And I think for a lot of us as Christians, we think that holiness ends at the end of a prayer. Yep. I believe in Jesus, Romans 10, 9, confess with our mouth, believe, and that's it, and I'm done, and now I'm holy. You've been justified, but you've been called to walk in holiness. That's the whole book of James. Yep. Um, that's even Literally. like... That's even Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, like his whole thing to them. This is the will of God, your sanctification. Hmm. God's desire for you as a people isn't just to have a confession. It's to grow in sanctification. Yeah. And he says that you would, your sanctification, that you would abstain from sexual immorality and that each one of you should know how to control his own body in holiness and honor. Hmm. Controlling our bodies and holiness and honor. You can even swap body with whatever you want right there. Yeah. Controlling our time and honor. Controlling our tongue and honor. Like, but his whole point there is that this cannot be done apart from the spirit. A fruit of the, a fruit of the spirit is self-control. Yeah. And so I think this goes back to what you're saying right there. It's like, I think a lot of us know Jesus saves us. He justifies us, but we struggle with like, how do I actually walk in this? How do I live this out? Like, bro, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. That's Paul's point. It's not in your own power. It is through the power of the spirit that produces the fruit of self-control that you live a life that looks like Jesus. And that's even their whole point in Leviticus. Like if you look at like Leviticus and Exodus and all these Old Testament books, God separates his people. He calls them holy to have intimacy with them. Yes. Like Leviticus 20, 26, I've called you mine. I want closeness, intimacy with you. And like Romans is true. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. But like our inability to walk in holiness doesn't separate us from God, but it kills our intimacy with him. Yeah. And that's why a lot of us just don't feel God close because we've been called holy, but we're not walking in holiness. Holiness really starts with enjoying Jesus. If we don't love and know and enjoy Jesus, then why would we have any desire to obey him? Piper says this, Christian hedonism, it's a fascinating concept. It's come under some... Interesting critique, but here's what Piper says that the chief end of man is. Piper says this, man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. So if you had to summarize what the what the chief goal of, of your life is, Piper would say that it is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And I think those two things are play really interestingly together because why would I want to glorify something that I don't really enjoy? Yeah. And 
I think what we get caught up in is the external change because we, we said it at the beginning of, of our conversation. Non-Christians can change their behavior. Non-Christians yeah. can stop doing things. There, there, there are really cool stories of non-Christians recovering from addiction from, I know I have friends that aren't believers that put their yeah. cell phones away at five o'clock at night and yeah. leave them in the kitchen because they want healthy boundaries for their family. Those are all really good things. And sure, they're things that Christians should also do, but the root of why we do these things is different. Yeah. It's because for a non-believer, they just want to live a little bit of a better life for a believer. We want to look more like our heavenly father. Yep. And it's like, if we don't have a desire to look more like our heavenly father, then the things that we do in response are just, are just trying to achieve holiness rather than responding to God's gift of holiness. I love that you said like our job is to enjoy God. That it's like, that's why he's told you to be holy in the first place is because acting in holiness produces joy in the Lord. Like we were created for intimacy. So it brings joy to do the thing that you were created. But I think oftentimes when we are told to walk in holiness, it is almost always counterintuitive to what we want in the moment. Mm. And so we think that God is taking away something. Or he's, we have to put up these boundaries or these walls so we don't go to places that our flesh naturally wants to desire. But it's like, no, the Lord wants to give you a gift yeah. that is so far better than anything that you could desire or want in the moment. And I think a lot of the time it's like, that's God's desire, our desires for our flesh. We know we're called to holiness, but yet we want our flesh. So when we sin, we feel the gap and there's just nothing but shame and guilt. And so it's this cycle of like, I don't even want to be called to holiness because I can't actually achieve it. Yeah. And I know I've, I've felt that a lot, man. And honestly, Isaiah six has been comforting for me in that Mm. when it's like, what does it mean that God is holy? It's Isaiah six. Yeah. It's like Isaiah gets the vision of the Lord. He sees him sitting on the throne. And what does he hear? He hears, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And they're just singing that over and over and over and over and over. And when Isaiah is in the holiness of God, the first thing he says is, woe is me. For I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell within a people of unclean lips. And I think a lot of us stop right there when it comes to holiness. Like when we say that God is holy, that just means he's other. He's different. He's not like us. There's no one like him. That's what holy means. There's no one. There's no one. There's no one like him. And a lot of us end in the woe is me with shame and guilt. But I think if you read the rest of that text, like the seraphim comes over, takes the tongs from the altar, a representation of what Jesus would do for us, puts it on Isaiah's lips and says, this has made you clean. And I think that's where justification and sanctification go hand in hand. Yeah. That as we, God is sanctifying us and he's making us look more like him, but we fail to be holy. That is why Jesus justified us. Yeah. That we have a sacrificial lamb who again and again and again and again will cover us and make us clean. And like you said, it's not that we should sin again so that grace should abound, but it's like we should be reminded of what our sin costs and we should walk forward in holiness, knowing let it, let the fruits of the spirit be produced. 
Let the Lord do his work. Sanctification is a prophetic work. That means what the Lord started in you, he will finish in you. And so we'll get there. We will be holy one day. That's called glorification when we see Jesus face to face. So it's done. It's happening. But I think justification is the thing that takes away shame. Yeah. It, it reminds me of I would kind of full circle here. I was sitting in, in the congregation listening to, to my pastor preach, and he came to a part where he's like, you know, you need to set up guardrails. You need to set up boundaries so that you know, you know where you can go and where you shouldn't go. And what that instilled in me was, okay, so I'm going to set up a boundary, and my goal in life is going to be get so close to the boundary, as close as I can, because I'm still allowed to, but I'm not going to, I'm not, my goal is to not go outside the boundary. And it's like, that is such a skewed perspective. And it reminds me of the picture of the shepherd that breaks the sheep's legs Mm. so that, so that the shepherd will have to carry the sheep around and the sheep learns the scent of the shepherd and it never leaves the shepherd's side. It's like, I don't want to be the sheep that is tiptoeing on the boundary yeah. I want to be the sheep that knows the scent, the smell, knows what my shepherd looks like and follows as close to the shepherd as humanly possible. It's like that is the that is the goal. Yeah. And so when we are able to know that we like our goal is to enjoy God forever, if we are enjoying Jesus, then there's no reason for us to run to these boundaries. Even though they're good to set up, but they cannot be the thing that we base our holiness on. It has to be standing and running and being close with the Father. Yeah. Boom. Done. Solved all of the issues. Episode over. Podcast done. We are sanctified. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, Y'all, hey, we got uh, an email a couple weeks ago just about someone wanting to start a Bible study. I was kind of reading through all of our old emails, and it's just so encouraging to kind of see what the Lord is doing in y'all's life. Man, if y'all have a cool story, if you guys have questions, comments, let us know. You can email us at sanctifiedish at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram, sanctified underscore ish. You can also find us on TikTok at Reagan Jones 97 and at Rots of 157. Y'all, we will catch you guys in the next one. And until then, take care and God bless. I have a question for you. What's that? What's better than one signed Ahsoka Tano Funko Pop? Is it two? Two signed Ahsoka Funko have such a problem it's really hard to be friends with you sometimes <laughs> <laughs> but captain rex are you are you ever gonna make me a helmet i'm calm down hey no here, here's the thing no, no, we, no you want to see it because i have pieces of your helmet sitting on this desk right here is it really my, is it someone really, else is it really my I helmet can give it to someone else is it really my helmet is that actually for me going to scrap now okay of course it is is it cool though i mean yeah kind of it's like a tenth of the way done but it looks it looks yeah, all right nowhere near, it's nowhere near done. it looks all right i forgot to take this out <laughs> oh my gosh that was good